Well, hello, hello. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, I'm side-by-side with our star, Mr. Joe Kaleo of UBS. We're going to dive into another wealth management discussion here today. That's what we do on the show, and today we've got a really interesting topic. We are having you really look kind of inward at yourself and your financial world and having you ask the question to yourself, how good is the financial advice you're really getting? Well, Throughout Joe's time in wealth management and his work with high net worth clients and families, uh, he's beginning to see a little bit of a troubling trend. And that's too many successful business owners, individuals, families are just not getting the financial guidance that's most appropriate to help them achieve their key financial goals. And today what we're going to be doing on the show is we're going to be examining just first off why this is happening. But then additionally, we're going to talk about what individuals and families can be doing to go address this, to go get that financial advice that is in fact right for them and good for them. So with that being said, let's get Joe out here and say, hey, Joe, good to see you today. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Ryan. Great to see you. Glad everybody's here. Let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's start high level, Joe. Uh, You typically have been seeing lately more and more people these days who are just not getting that high quality financial advice. Talk to me, where are you seeing this and, and, and the why kind of behind it? Ryan, what we often hear is people think and they say financial advisors all sound alike, but their experience are very different. And so one of the first things we do when we first meet with someone and we get together to see if we could work together, we're seeing a high percentage. If they have a financial plan, they have a high percentage of outdated wealth plans or financial plans, and they're just not right for them. And their goals and their situations aren't matching up for what they think or said they should be doing. So when we're even looking at the overall plan, it might seem pretty good because they think it's one and done. But like we've talked about financial planning in the past, a wealth plan is a breathing process that should be reviewed on a regular basis. And we often find specific products or solutions that just aren't in place or are outdated and should go away. Sure, sure. Let's uh, let's unpack the why a little bit here, Joe. Why would you say this is even happening in the first place? Is there a driving force behind the why here? There are several reasons, I think, Ryan, and and that's people may be receiving suboptimal or just flat out bad financial advice. I mean, we believe a big culprit is folks that are just not working with the right types of advisors, and it can be difficult to figure out who the professionals are that we would describe as extremely talented and who care deeply, as well as those that just aren't right for them. And so it's common for people and families to end up working with advisors that just aren't quite the right fit. So Joe, I mean, it sounds to me that the key concern really here is is identifying and understanding what high quality financial advice looks like, and then they can go out and try and find somebody who would provide that service to them. What would you say then is the first step here in, in terms of understanding what that high quality financial advice looks like? Finding the right help for you and your situation situation is certainly the first and biggest step that you've got to take. And from time to time, reviewing that is important. What we believe is going to help you evaluate potential advisors on that expertise. You want a true expert professional who's both technically competent, but also you want to assess their intent and just how committed they are to helping you and your well-being on your terms on your levels, 
right? There are 400,000 financial advisors in the country. Surely you can find someone that is a true match to what you want. So it's a two-part answer here. If an advisor is either missing some crucial components, chances are you're not going to get a great experience. So then it sounds to me like there are these two lenses, if you will, expertise and intent that come into the factor when somebody should be evaluating advisors. What do you tend to see in this, this idea of this dual lens of expertise and intent? Yeah, there are four levels or categories of advisors based upon a couple of benchmarks and three of them you want to avoid and one is top tier advice and guidance. So let's start, for example, there are many professionals who truly want to do a good job for their clients. They have the best of intentions. The problem is they lack the knowledge and the skill to do so. They don't have the required technical skills. They don't know what they don't know, right? If you're an ale, they've got a hammer, right? And everybody's an ale. So if you can think of these advisors, unfortunately, as predators, and they really want to help you, and they believe they can. These aren't bad people, but by a long shot, but they're also just not able to make it happen. So in our experience, pretenders actually make up a vast majority of professionals in our industry. Financial advisors simply aren't familiar with many of the more advanced wealth building and wealth protecting solutions that we've talked about. They're often in a struggle to implement them as well. Some pretenders even lack proficiency with even basic wealth building and wealth protecting solutions. All right. So this is an interesting batch of these, the, the pretenders, as you mentioned, what's, what's another warning sign or another type of advisor somebody should be on the lookout for? I hate to say it, but they're exploiters, right? They're often quite technically adept and highly skilled in advanced planning, but they make everything seem exactly the way the advisor wants them or needs them to be. The problem is the financial and legal strategies they often turn to, while technically legal, are highly questionable. As a result, it's often a good possibility that the strategies they're advocating on or for you at some point blow up on down the road. I mean, that might be years in advance before that actually happens. So the key problem is that exploiters aren't looking out for your best interest. Their intent and concern for best interests aren't anywhere near what you need or deserve. So exploiters can be hard to spot, right? Their technical skills are great. They'll have some complex strategies. They're going to promote it like crazy, but they make it hard for other professionals to effectively question what they're proposing. It's confusing even to other professionals. And I've seen this and it's not good. Right. So exploiters are often adept at building trust and they're extremely persuasive and they're potentially also very dangerous to your financial security. Yeah, no, no, I, I hear you loud and clear there, Joe. And I would I would hope at least that exploiters might be the worst of the bunch. But I got to ask, are there any other that we should be on the lookout for as maybe red flags that might even go beyond some of that that negative work that you mentioned that exploiters do? Ryan, unfortunately, there's one worse, and, and I've seen this as well, and they're predators. And the predators are really, truly criminals. And their objective is to just separate you from your wealth. They're cunning, they're guile, they're duplicitous. They seek to capitalize on greed, naivety, uh, goodwill, right? So they're not good people, right? Predators may or may not even seem technically sophisticated, but they're great at being manipulative and building rapport and trust. 
It's often hard, though, to, to truly spot a predator. They're often narcissistic, right? They're superficial. They're charming. They're adept at faking caring and concern. So it appears they're very focused on helping you, but unknowingly, you're engaging a cunning predator as an advisor. I mean, they can it can be disastrous for your wealth. And I've seen that, unfortunately, too many times in my career. So the good news is that outright predatory criminals aren't nearly as common as the other two groups. But if you end up working with one of them, you can still put up your, you know, your fortunes at risk. Sure thing. So you got your, your three different categories, if you will, those pretenders, the exploiters, and as you just mentioned, predators, uh, the three that you want to be on the lookout for, really. But talk to me about the flip side, right? You mentioned there was a fourth, there's a great advisor out there that can deliver that top tier, you know, guidance to you. What tells me that somebody is that fourth, that high, you know, high quality financial advisor that has my best interests in mind? What, what does that look like? Yeah, Ryan, I'm glad you asked because this has been an extremely negative podcast so far, right? <laughs> sure. I want to I make this positive. I want to give somebody to hang their hat on and look forward to. The ideal advisor is a true consummate professional. That means a few things. They're one, their expertise is strong. Two, they're sincerely motivated to deliver the best solutions to improve their clients' lives. Three, their interpersonal and communication skills are superior and they're always using solutions that are legitimate and they come nowhere near crossing the line between the overly aggressive and properly set up, right? So let's look for some of the key things, key ways, key items to identify the consummate professional. One, they've got proven integrity and they've likely given you a few examples of how they've handled past situations when they were asked to do something either inappropriate or ethical or how it matches up to your solution. Two, they demonstrate a deep concern for clients by taking ample time to understand that client's specific goals and then explains the recommendations to the clients in a way that helps them see how the strategy fits their needs and goals. Three, they're open, they're transparent, they're forthright about how they do business how they're compensated, how they're going to work with your existing financial professionals. Ryan, we've done a whole podcast talking about how the team needs to work together. And I've had some of my best clients who they've not had their professionals work with us. And fortunately, the clients have seen how things have gotten missed. But then we get a new set of professionals on the other side of the table. We work together and it improves the lives of our clients. Back to our list. Number four, they have an extensive technical expertise that is recognized by their peers, but they also have the right people they can call on for expertise that they do not possess themselves. For example, if we don't own it, we can't do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to get the people who can do it on the team for the client. Five, they have experience and work with people like you and your family and an advisor who's right for you will likely be one who focuses on working with lots of people like you every day. And they're going to give you examples just like that. Uh, Joe, this is fantastic information and, and frankly, a lot, right, for our audience to kind of internalize and realize, okay, there are these three different types of, of advisors I should be on the lookout for and, and kind of throw up the red flags in my mind, should I run into them? And then there's this ideal one. A lot of things to consider with this. So given all these variables at play, Joe, 
I guess the biggest question and the reason we're really here today is what would you say are the steps then for somebody who's maybe evaluating their existing advisor or frankly looking for a new one, what would be the steps that somebody could take out there to size up their current advisor or any advisor and really go through that thought process of whether or not, hey, is this person the right one for me? Yeah, Ryan, we find that many successful and wealthy families and individuals recognize when something feels wrong, or at least not quite right, right, somewhere in the mix about professional advisors. So for example, entrepreneurs with many years of experience building and growing a financially strong company are often able to spot when they may not be getting and growing their financial advice along the way, or when they're dealing with someone whose advice could get them into trouble down the road. So one of the best ways to deal with that situation when you're not completely sure, you feel a little uncertain, is to conduct a stress test. And it's a process of critically evaluating key aspects of your financial situation and how they're being managed. Or it may involve carefully assessing a particular strategy or product you're considering and putting it through its paces before deciding whether to move ahead. We've talked about stress testing. It's incredibly important. It gives you the opportunity to correct mistakes or just use some new solutions and products that can be more accomplished and help you get to your goals. Simply put, I believe this wholeheartedly, Ryan, stress testing often makes a lot of sense if you want to not only expose financial advisors who are pretenders, predators, or exploiters, or reveal a true consummate professional. Yeah. And Joe, as we have discussed in prior episodes, you know, we've taken deep dives into the stress test and all that goes into it. So if you're unfamiliar with that topic, please head back in our show, look for that episode and and educate yourself. But Joe, for anybody out there who's interested in, let's say, going through a stress test or rather even just picking your team's brain about this whole process of finding the right advisor for them, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team? Yeah, give us a call. We're happy to help. I'll give you one more quick example. As we're signing off, I had a friend of a friend call me and said, Mr. So-and-so is your friend. Yes, he suggested that I give you a call. It's a 91-year-old widow, very nice lady, went over to our house. She doesn't work with an advisor. She asked me all sorts of questions, showed me her portfolio. We actually looked and did a stress test. She was fine. She had everything buttoned up the way she needed. She asked questions and had everything set up the right way. So we're happy to do a stress test. I will tell you nine out of 10 times, we find issues in the stress tests that we do. So we're happy to have a conversation. Give us a call, send us an email, and we'll engage and see if a stress test is right for you and start the conversation from there. Oh, Joe. Well, hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us. I know you got clients to serve, so we'll let you get back to that. But uh, a lot of value in today's conversation and uh, looking forward to being with you on the next one. Thanks, Ryan. Good to see you, bud. Of course, Joe. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment and say thank you to our audience for hopping aboard and being with us on the show today. As always, you know, if you're out there, you took any bit of value away from today's conversation, make sure you subscribe to the show on whichever podcasting platform you check this out on today. That way you never miss out uh, when a new episode drops and Joe and I unpack a different wealth management related topic. You know, at the end of the day, we want these to provide value to you and your financial world. We'd love to have you be a part of the ride. So for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to sign off and say so long today. But once again, we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Your Money and a Cup of Joe. 
This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.